0: Thank you, mighty God, that you are perfect, Lord, that your love for us is perfect without a condition, Lord God, without discrimination, Lord God. You love each one of us. You love each one of us the same as we are calling us, calling us deeper into a relationship with you, deeper to our trust and faith in you. Heavenly Father, as you send your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that we would yield to conviction. Lord God, that we would yield to your precepts, your your ways, and Heavenly Father, that we would yield as you direct us to go. Yes. Lord, help us not to be worried about what to say, but Lord God, that we would think more about being obedient as you call us to go. Yes. I pray a blessing upon each one that's here, each family represented, and Lord God, for those who are not here, I pray, Lord God, that you would protect them, that you would guide them, that you would lead them. Heavenly Father, that you would lift them up. Yes. We lift them before you to now, Lord. Uh, each knee, each knee, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. 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 may be seated. You know, God said, how can two walk together unless we agree? How can two walk together unless we agree that God is able, that God is uh, God, and that God's Word is the truth. Amen? Amen. And His plan is just to give us hope in the future, not to harm us, to prosper us, the Word says. But He also says it is, giving us the Ministry of Reconciliation. Boy, we don't want to hear that. He's given us the Ministry of Reconciliation in 2 Corinthians. Uh, I tell you that Paul had a task that he really wasn't looking forward to. It was his second letter. It was going to be his third trip to the Corinthians church. And and the second time he came, there was a lot of discrepancy. A lot of people were... were Living as their neighbors lived, even though their neighbors didn't come to know Christ. And they struggled because they because their neighbors lived this way and seemed to be getting blessed. And Corinthians, if you Corinth, if you know anything about Corinth, it was a rich city, a wealthy city, it was a trade city, and so there was a lot of money coming through Corinth all the time, and people traveling through, and and the Christians began to realize that. that that God had called them to be apart from the world. It wasn't to be paupers, but yet uh, to operate in a way that would bring glory to God. And so they struggled with that. And now Paul is talking to them, writing the letter, because um, he, he received word that their hearts had been changed, though their lives had not totally been changed. Uh, But yet, it was a reconciliation process. And that's really what Paul's final warnings, really, if you read uh, down into the 13th chapter, it was about Paul's um, warnings to them. So tonight, you know, Tuesday night, what's good about Tuesday night? Tell me something good about this Tuesday. It's good news Tuesday, right? That is something good. Sunshine. Sunshine. Praise the Lord. The sun is shining. Amen? The S-O-N, the S-U-N, everything is good today. You know? Praise the Lord. <coughs> anybody else? You woke up. You woke up. Hey, praise the Lord. Yeah. Man, he didn't wake up. Jesus. And, and therefore, there's no, you know, there's no way for them to change. There's no way for them to reach anybody else. Uh, come to judgment time. Amen. Even strength to get up, right? Yeah. What is the good news? Jesus Christ. The gospel. The gospel. What's the gospel? Jesus. good news. I <laughs> yeah. came around quickly didn't
1: it it's like a worm you break
0: off his tail they say he'll grow another one but man look a look how quickly what is the good news somebody ask you what's the good what's the good news what is good news is that your sins are forgiven yeah yeah right Jesus Christ died for us he rose from the grave and he's coming to get us amen we are forgiven That we can come to Him without reservation and fear, although we are to work out our our salvation with fear and trembling, but yet that doesn't mean that we're shaking at the knees uh, other than the fact that we would go without Jesus. Amen? Because He is for us. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Paul, 2 Corinthians 13, 3 and 4. You know, what they were really asking for at this particular point, they were asking... um, they were asking Paul, how do, how do we know? And in fact, they were demanding proof that Christ was really speaking through Paul. You know, as we go to minister to people, we have the, the ministry of reconciliation. Christ has called us to be ambassadors. He's called us to reach out to the lost. He has called us to bring them to salvation. The harvest is white, it is ripe, the workers are few, and then He calls us to go, doesn't He? To make disciples, not just to go, but to make disciples uh, and and... And and, and and baptizing them. So really, what it means is that we have to give our time. We have to be have concerned enough to close our ears sometimes to the chatter that takes place, to the insults that you're going to receive, to the to the disappointments in trying to lead someone to salvation. And just hang on to the good news. Remember what is important. What is most important that they come to salvation. Amen. Because guess what? That's life and death. That is eternal life, or uh, or to die a second time, to die number one, uh, to die a physical death, and then when we get to judgment, to die a spiritual death, to be to be casted away. Amen. Go. I not know you. Second Corinthians thirteen three and four. It says he is not weak in delaying uh, with you. Uh, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. You know, we could look at the way Christ deals with us and we could, many could say, well, He's weak and look what He allows you to get away with. Look what He allows to be in a so-called Christian church. The sinful things that happen in church. You know, the sinful people, I should say. But I tell you, that what He says is, is that, that, that uh, God is not weak in dealing with you, but He is powerful among you. When Christ comes among us, when the Word comes among us, when the Holy Spirit comes among us, and, and He deals with us, that is power. God in power to do as God chooses to do, amen? But we have to remember it's in God's timing, God's will. He knows each individual. Man, if we could just, we bring people to, we bring, lead people to salvation, and man, we expect great things from them, don't we? Many times we expect them to be changed. Man, they're going to put down all their sinful ways. and Their addictions are going to be broken. The the sickness within their bodies are going to be healed. Man, they're going to be changed. They're going to be transformed. They're going to be new. But I tell you sometimes, guess what? It's a work in progress, isn't it? It's in God's timing, guys. Salvation is one of the greatest miracles there is. Perhaps the greatest, in my opinion. Because guess what? Without salvation, it's eternity in hell. Does that make sense? What greater is that? What is the greatest healing to be in amongst the Lord where there's no pain, no sorrow? Amen? So we have to realize that that Paul is also talking about, and I'll show you in the next Scripture, that he's also talking about the power to come and live amongst the people who are dealing uh, with these issues, that wanting to live like their neighbors. It's also the power for them to come and, and to serve them and still remain in Christ. What does that mean? That means that we can live amongst people who do not know Christ and still serve them and show the power of Christ through our uh, dealing with them, through speaking to them and demonstrating them a different way of life. Man, that sounds like a whole lot of power. We deal with that, don't we guys? We struggle with that. We fail at that. But praise the Lord, there's God's grace. Grace is, if it weren't for God's grace, then we'd be condemned at every moment we turn when we sin or we don't do what we should do. We don't, we don't speak the words. Man, how many times have we spoke words that, that we said, Man, I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I hadn't have said it that way or I wish I'd have said something else? Every day. Every day, absolutely. And because of God's grace and who we are that we know that we that too, we agree with God's word but yet we fail to to see it into completion and in what he calls us to do many times so that should give us the, uh, a degree of grace that we extend to others when they are struggling especially young Christians especially those who are or dealing with addictions and the change in their life and the conviction of the people they're dealing with and and the friends that they're trying to get away from because they have to in order to break the addiction. See, all when you start piling these things up, we begin to have a degree of grace and mercy extended to them because guess what? As we have talked on Saturday with those who are going through um, no silver bullets, they're going in the right direction. They haven't arrived before Christ, but neither of us, none of us have. Until we stand before Christ and and, and, uh, eye to eye, guess what? We haven't arrived. So we have to understand grace and mercy and extend that. Paul is extending grace and mercy. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Guess what? We live by God's power. It's the only way we can walk the walk. Jesus was risen from the dead. He lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in Him, yet by God's power we will live with Him to serve you. Paul is talking that we will live in God's power to serve you. Because there's no other way to serve people, is there? Who is called to be a servant? Oh, we are. Oh, man, they're still fighting that today. And I'm not being political here. The blacks came as servants, didn't they, guys? Against their will. And I'm not talking, I'm not getting racial here. I'm just saying, guess what? We who have free will are, will be servants to something. If it be servants to the bank or slaves to the bank because we've mortgaged everything that we have or more than we can, then we are slaves to the bank, aren't we? We're serving them. We're working hard to pay back the debt. Is that not what it's about? Paying back a debt? Well, guess what? When we've come to Christ, we have to understand that we were too we're bought at a price. The cost of Jesus' is life. And we serve not because we're called to be a servant, but because we are grateful, we are remembering the grace and mercy that is extended to us Thus, we choose to serve God. Amen. We are called, we are sons and daughters. Sons and daughters are not servants, are they? They are of a high place. But we serve because of what has been given for us. See what I'm talking about? Reconciliation can only come when we deal with others around us, can only come through the grace and mercy of God, remembering there goeth I, if not for God. Amen? Paul was dealing with that, and he was talking to them. Paul did not come to be a burden to him. He was making it plain to them. See, so many times when we deal with people, the first thing they ask is, What do you want from me? What are you trying to get? Well, mm-hmm. oh, they want my money. <laughs> Churches want their money, yeah. man. They'll talk about tithing, they'll talk about giving alms over and above the tithing. They'll ask for an offering every time they come together. Man, it's about <laughs> the money. And I think many here, even silently, are thinking, oh man, they want the money. And we who are supposedly mature Christians deal with that. But Paul was making it clear to them that he didn't come, he didn't want their possessions. What he wanted was their hearts. See, when we take it from off of the money and they realize really what we want is them to have a... The, the benefits and, and to to live joyfully and what we really want is that to share what we have with them. See, what we really have of great value is Jesus Christ. Right. That which is lasting is of Jesus Christ. That which is of most value is Jesus Christ. Do we believe that? I tell you, as worldly people who have been blessed, many of us with homes and with many things, man, we look at our possessions as the most important thing, Jesus, oh, I think many would say. But God, guess what? God doesn't call us to be paupers; He calls us to prosper. And he, we are to be good stewards of what He gives us. And there's no sin in prospering in Christ. Amen? The sin is not giving back unto Christ because He first gave unto us. We are first to give back in the sense that we are the tithing, of course, if He blesses you with money. But I tell you, what He really wants is that ministry of reconciliation between Number one, us in Christ, and to bring others to that same reconciliation. That is what's most important. Because that is eternal value. Last forever. He spoke to them about, you know, in 2 Corinthians 12 7, he spoke to them about a thorn. Thorn in his flesh. And then it goes on to say it was Satan. Let me see, let me me get it right. He spoke to them about a, a, a thorn in his flesh. He said it's a message of Satan. A messenger of Satan, it says. The thorn was a constant reminder, as we've already talked about. about, Except for God's grace, there goeth I. Let us not forget where we come from. Let us not forget our own sins. Let we have we want to keep a short account. We sin every day, either in thought, in action, uh, sometimes in deed. Uh, Hopefully, we're we're sinning less. That doesn't make us sinless. <laughs> There's a difference. Hopefully we're sinning less each day. That doesn't make us sinless. We can be in a right standing with Christ through asking for forgiveness. But guess what? There's only one perfect one, isn't there? So let us remember that, it's a, that uh, he asked three times for that thorn to be removed. And what did God say to him? My grace is sufficient. Have we not been talking about grace and mercy? See, for when we fail, there's God's grace and mercy. And there's a reminder to each one of us, we should never forget where we come from. We don't have to, we don't have to necessarily have regrets from where we come from, because God, but once it's under the grace of God in the blood of Jesus Christ, now it becomes a part of our testimony. Remember, we talk about testimonies on Tuesday night. Because of God's grace... The thorn that's in our side, the remembrance of where we came from, then we can testify about the power of God because we were weak in our flesh. And those sins that that really bound us and tied us up and made us into addictions and all those things become a victory, a testimony of the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we we are powerful when we are the weakest. He boasted mostly about his failures, didn't he? Why? Because to overcome failure comes the blood of Christ and trusting and believing in Christ. And when we're victorious, it's not in ourselves, but Christ who lives within us, who gives us the strength. Does that make sense? And that's the testimony that we use to bring reconciliation between others and Christ. It starts in our fellowship. It starts at home. A lot of little foxes pop up. The greater the numbers, the more little foxes we have. Man, we got silver ones, red ones. We got the, the, the rare black one that sneaks around. And our fellowship, you know, it comes through gossip. It comes through, you know, opinions show many times the trouble with opinions is that it shows our differences and it doesn't speak of what we have in common. What we have in common is our need for Christ and the salvation we have come through Christ. Amen. Other than that, we're very different. We're one family, but man. Thank God we're not all the same or we'd be 20-legged people. 40-legged if there's 20 people. We'd have no eyes to see, so we'd just jump around and stag, <laughs> flail our 40 arms and our 40 legs and we'd be aimlessly running around. Though He doesn't want us to be aimlessly. He wants to remember, that, remember the thorn in our side to remember to of where I came from. The grace extended us, and therefore, we, because of that remembrance, because of the power of God that came in and delivered us, therefore, we can reach others. That's the only way we can do it. It keeps us close to God. That thorn keeps us close to God. Because if it isn't for Christ, what sustains me from going back to the drugs? If it isn't for Christ and the calling in my life and the evidence of Him being within me, what keeps me from drawing drawing back to the things of the world that have so much allure? Things of the world, man, they'll lure you in. Something new each day. And there's nothing wrong with that stuff of the world if we use it for the right purpose and in the right timing and in the right proportion. God first. God's word to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Then it goes on in verse 10, it says, I delight in weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. When I am weak, I'm strong. Who delights in persecution? Guess what? Our delight is in the Lord. And knowing that they're not us that they're persecuting, they're not us that they're necessarily speaking against, they're speaking against Jesus Christ who is in us and who we are hopefully representing. Amen? In God's strength, it's in God's strength for God's purpose in God's time, in God's timing to glorify God. Does that make sense? It's in God's strength for God's purpose In God's time, in God's timing, to glorify God. All this is to glorify God. (laughs) Amen? So it's about giving and seeking grace. Receiving it, flowing in, flowing out. Easy to say, but man, when them little circumstances come up... (laughs) can we just smile and get through them? And, and if there's an issue, one go to the other. You know, the Word says if you have issue or ought, go to one and go to the other. Oh, man, it's perfect world. But instead, we'll go over here. You know what somebody did over there? How oh, did you see that over there? And rally the troops. Preparing for battle. He tells us about the battle. The battle's not ours. We have victory already, so why would we want to go to battle? We need to stand in the victory that we've already been given, but yet we want to go to battle. Prepare the troops. It's about giving and receiving grace, and His grace is renewable, man. Each and every day, it's renewable. Man, everybody's looking for that renewable cream, aren't they? Get rid of this wrinkle, get rid of that wrinkle. God's grace is the it is the salve that removes all the wrinkles that causes that causes separation and hardships and death through the tongue, man. It's it's renewable. It's forgiving. God's grace is forgiving. forgave us and it forgives those around us. It's restoring. It's restoring relationships. It's restoring hope and faith. It's all grace. It's refreshing. (laughs) forgiven man you remember when you were forgiven for something you thought you were marching in to dad and going to get the belt and all of a sudden he gives you a hug yeah. <laughs> that's our God man as we admit what we've done go in there fear and trembling and shaking and all of a sudden he just gives you a hug and says, son don't do it again can you imagine it my dad had a belt this long man it was coming off it could reach me I from here don't... to. <laughs> Praise God he used it. (laughs) You know, we all have memories of how, and and sometimes it was taken too far. I know that, guys. You know, I'm not being foolish here. But for the most part, when it was done in love and when you knew you deserved it, you know, there was no arguing about it. You just knew that. that. And then they'd say, don't make me come up there because you're laughing up there after you just got swatted. You know, you ever been (laughs) there? Let me come back up there. (laughs) We don't want you coming back. (laughs) Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Our Father's not like that. Amen? Our Father in heaven. I want to give you one more quick Scripture, maybe a couple here, and and then I'm going to spend some time in prayer or testimonies or wherever God would have us go. We're getting to that point. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13. We've been in 2 Corinthians 13 tonight, all these Scriptures. If you want to read them, it's a really quick chapter. Go ahead and read it. 2 Corinthians 13. Uh, five, eight, nine, and ten. Really, five. It says, "Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith." Circumstances come up, and 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 so when the circumstances come up, really, just take a look at how you responded in those circumstances, because how you responded or reacted, uh, and there's a difference there. Uh, response usually is something that's thought about where. A reaction is a knee-jerk reaction many times. If there's a tree coming, guess what? It's alright to run, but you better be running in the right direction. Exactly. Or you're just running under it, or you're running lengthwise of it, and it's going to, you ain't going to outrun a tree. Unless you're running to the side. Or anything falling from the sky, whatever. Examine yourself to see whether you're in the face, and, and then it says test yourself. What do you mean test yourself? You're supposed to take a solid look at how I responded when the circumstance came up because that is really the true test of how you responded. How did I react? How was it received? Did I say it in a way that it could be received? Whatever it might be? Then it says, do you realize Christ Jesus is in you? See, we have the power to do and respond the right way. If Christ be in you, then we will learn to respond the right way. Responding the right way brings reconciliation. It brings joy. It brings all these restoration. It brings forgiveness. It's really the test. Verse 6 says, You will discover, and this is, this is Pastor Don. Read it for yourself. It says, I hope you will discover, or I believe you will discover that you were found to be in the faith But I just wrote down, you will discover, because as you, uh, once you realize you're in Christ, as you begin to test yourself, you'll discover whether you are in Christ in your actions or you're not. So I wrote down, you will discover. If you test, you will discover. What you keep, what what you keep a track of or, or count, guess what, will increase if we don't test ourselves. If we don't keep track of how I'm responding, then it won't increase. If you're counting pennies, how many will spend a penny if you're putting pennies in a jar? You'll have a pocket full. You bring them home, you'll stick them in the jar because you're counting your pennies. They increase. Anybody ever save change? You'll break a dollar rather than spend the change many times because you're trying to increase the change. It's the same thing in God's Word. It's the same thing in how we respond. If we begin to take account of it, we begin to add it, and you begin to keep track of it, it will increase. Because we're consciously and continually keeping track of how we're responding, how we're growing. It's really on us. It says, I, you know, I, I trust that you will discover that you are be found in the faith. Then it says pray to God in number 9. But then it goes, listen to what it says. Not that people will see that you have stood the test. It's not about how people judge you, because it goes on to say that people won't understand. People don't understand the value of God. People don't understand the Word of God. People don't. They didn't understand the parables until the Spirit came in. Until they were in Christ, they couldn't understand what the Word was telling them. Even the simplest of things about farmers and shepherds, they didn't understand it until they were in Christ. But so, why would we expect that people that we are talking to, that we are trying to bring reconciliation to, that we are trying to mend uh, um, fences, why would we under, Why would we think that they're going to understand? See, it's really on us, isn't it? What the scripture says? Not that people will see that we have stood the test. People are going to call you failures. Don't expect praise for what you're doing from people you were working with many times. In fact, they're going to reject you. They're going to they're going to hold odd against you, and not even we we shouldn't even expect credit. They don't understand the things of God. They don't understand the purpose of God. See, it's so important that we understand the purpose of God. Or at least to know His plans are to give us hope in the future, not to harm us, to prosper us. His plans that uh, that none would be lost. So we are to do right, even though people around us may seem that we're failing. They may see failure, When I started doing less logging, people thought I was a failure, basically. (laughs) Why aren't you out there every day? You could make so much more money. You could do so many other things. Guess what? They don't understand that God has called me to do other things. And that God blesses when we do the things He's called us to do. They don't understand that salvation is so much greater than a dollar. (laughs) If you could buy salvation, who wouldn't save up money to buy it? Simon wanted to buy the Holy Spirit, didn't he? What must what how much does it cost me? What do I got to pay? See, they're not going to understand what you're doing many times. So don't allow people's judgment of you to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. The ministry of reconciliation. That's in your families, that's in your homes, that's in the church. That's to all. Verse 8 says for we can do we can't do anything against the truth but only for the truth. The truth is always the truth though people have, man, you know the light came in but man has not understood it. And we who have come to Christ should understand that the light has come but men have even we who know Christ fail to understand the true power of light. Many times and we shrink back instead of swelling, or swelling up, welling up. He talks about a well, doesn't he? A well of living waters, a spring of living waters. But yet, many times we'll well back and and become almost a dry well when when we become challenged, or we get in a group of people who don't understand, and we'll just go silent, and, and instead of trying to lift them up or pray for somebody or, or to do what God has called us to do in certain circumstances. See, that's, that's a, That becomes a dry well, not one that's welling up or springing up or uh, using the, the power God has given us or to even be a person of reconciliation. I'm not talking about going to argue with somebody about Christ. We don't need to defend Christ. Don't try to. We don't need to. The truth is always the truth. Whether they choose to accept it or not is on them. You don't have to always give an account. The Word says give an account. Give an account why you believe. That's your testimony. They can't deny what God has done. But guess what? If they want to argue about every little letter of the of the Word, just say, well, read it and we'll, we'll come back and discuss it later or whatever. Don't Don't stand there and argue with them because then you both become looking like fools, arguing on a street corner. Amen? I'm not... Look, guys, there's always, you know, there's always good, healthy debate, amen? Not debate, but the truth bringing forth. But there comes a point when it turns into a, to a point where you say, it's time to dust off my feet, and move on, I've planted the seeds, I've done what I can do here for now, and, and, and leave the door open that you might have opportunity later. Does that make sense? Arguments never end well, do they? So if we can just plant a seed or if we can leave on a good note for we might be able to talk another day, then we have it's been a success. They'll not judge it that way, but we need to see it that way. Somebody else might be able to speak to them on another day. We might get to speak to them on another day. See, our purpose is a God purpose, and if it becomes that way, it's not a matter of I won today. No. It's about us winning. It's about the victory has already been won for us and they can receive that, but only through Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So praise the Lord. You know, we must be on the side of truth and be living proof of the change. We must be on the side of truth, living in the Word and, and therefore be proof of the living change. Does that make sense? That's what all this has been about. We must be on the side of truth and be the living proof. An example. man who wants to be an example. Man, now the light is on you. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, make me the example. you be dragging us through the streets, spitting on us, putting a crown on us, and beating on us. And we ain't Jesus. But we can be the little jays, The Word living through us. Praise the Lord. That's a long teaching for tonight. We normally don't do that long a teaching, but I just thought this was so important. And as I seek God doing things in the church, we need to remind ourselves as we grow, there's going to be more circumstances. Circumstances are good. It's the test of our faith. It proves who we are. Unless, of course, we fail. But praise God, It's about His grace and mercy. Let's not give up. Let's just continue on, get help in in settling the problems and move forward. That's it. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. That's all it's about tonight. It's not about being condemned because you failed. It's about being rejoiceful because we have victory in Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord.